This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey there, listeners, cooking enthusiasts, and picky eaters. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Our team is in the studio cooking up some more episodes full of dinner conundrums, but this week we're giving you a bit of bonus content. Remember listener Maddie from a few weeks ago? Can't say I've ever eaten a carrot. I didn't expect you to say carrot. I was (laughs) thinking cardoon, salsify, burdock, you know, like those were kind of like... No, I don't know. I, I actually do not know the words that you're saying right now. So if we could go back to carrot and eggplant, I would really appreciate it. Maddie called us for advice on how to cast off the label of picky eater once and for all. But when she told me she'd never tried a carrot or cooked salmon, I knew I had to get her in the studio for a little taste test. So today, we'll be sharing some excerpts from Maddie's journey into vegetables and fish. But first, my co-host on that episode was the wonderful Sonia Chopra, and who better to help me introduce Maddie's tasting? So she's here with me now. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Pleasure. So apparently, Maddie's been on the brain for you, Sonia. I have to tell you, I cannot stop thinking about Maddie. (sighs) What is it about her? I just... Okay, so before we met her, I also couldn't stop thinking about her. And it's like, (laughs) you've never had a carrot? You've never eaten celery? How, like, how do you get this far living in New York, being an avid restaurant diner, you know, being a person who has an avid social life? Like, how did you get this far without a tailgate spread where you just, like, need to eat a carrot because you're hungry? You You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a social situation, peer pressure. Peer pressure. I, and I was like, okay, I got to meet this person. And then we met her, and she was such a champ. Such she a champ. She tried everything. She was totally unflappable. She didn't love everything, but she ate it flawlessly, beautifully. Yeah. And I just, I'm just so surprised. If I don't like something, it, the ramp up to me trying it is like bananas, for example, is hard for me, and I just kind of stay away forever. And she was just such a pro, and I'm just so impressed with her. So as you are well aware, Sonia, you know, this sent me spinning (laughs) in terms of to what degree should we be seeking to expand the repertoire of foods that we eat? And to what extent, you know, should we be confident in our preferences and choices? Like, no, how funny is it that like carrot, onion and celery, literally like, you know, some people's notion of mirepoix was like literally on her does not eat list. It made me start to question, you know, oh, my gosh, like, should I be pushing the boundaries of what I consider myself not to like? Or should I just be okay and comfortable in that space? With my kids, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, no, you don't like broccoli because you won't let me put anything on (laughs) it. You know what I mean? Like, of course you don't love steamed broccoli. Of course you don't love a boiled green bean. 
like, let me put some zhuzh on it. Like, let's, like, move past just, like, the inherent taste characteristics and texture of the thing itself. Like, that's part of it. Like, most people don't sit there and just say, oh, man, I'm just not going to feel right until I get my 4 p.m. carrot on today. <laughs> you know? It's like, no, of course not. Well, are there, are there foods now that you would still say, you know what? I gave them their shot. I tried them 19 times or whatever the psychologists tell us we need to do to like, truly know and be in a position of knowledge and awareness of our own taste preferences. What's still on your list as a do-not-eat food? A food that I haven't come around to yet is oatmeal. Oatmeal and applesauce. I, it's a texture thing for me. And I think, like, if I were at somebody's, like, house for breakfast, question mark, and it was the only thing I could eat, I would probably eat it to be polite. And I'd probably be like, you know what? This isn't that bad. But until I'm forced to, until I'm in a podcast studio and Chris Morocco is, like, hand-plating me a little bit of oatmeal, it's not high on my list of things to try. There's plenty of other things for me to eat mm. for breakfast. I mean, for me, you know, I still pretty much hate bananas. And yet— <laughs> I, I ate a banana yesterday, well, like coming back from the dentist, needed something soft. There they were, you know, just like ready to go. Um, peanut butter, I freaking hate it. I think peanut butter is disgusting. Okay, tell me about your hatred of peanut butter because I only recently learned this about you. Yeah, I don't mind nut butter, like really to say like almond butter. Like almond butter is okay for me. But peanut butter, it's, I don't mind peanut with savory flavors. I cannot stand peanut with sweet flavors. And in butter form, I find the texture so oppressive, so cloying, so just like get up in your like retronasal business and like not leave. Like a family member who just shows up to crash on your couch for one night <laughs> and, and just <clears throat> never, ever leaves. Got it. Okay. Well, with that free associative little introduction out of the way, <laughs> let's get into Maddie's tasting. Maddie, <laughs> behold the mighty and noble carrot. I've I, seen them before. Yeah, no. We, I mean, they're out there. Yeah. You know, they're not hiding. And I think I've probably had an accidental carrot. You know, like I, I've eaten a stir fry. Inadvertent carrot. Right. Yes. Like an inadvertent carrot. Yeah. Have I ever eaten like a carrot stick? No. Okay. Is now, is now the time? I think now is the time. Do you have any uh, tips? No tips. <laughs> I want you to start by just eating the carrot on its own and just think about the flavor. Okay. You know? Yeah. You don't have to eat the whole thing. <laughs> Does anything strike you about the flavor? Uh, it tastes like nothing. <laughs> no sweetness? No. You don't register any kind of sweetness from that? No. If anything, it's a little, like, grainy. Um, okay. As you chew it. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like a rabbit. Okay. Um, it feels like it needs, like, a dip or, like, something in it. But I, I do feel like this version of a carrot versus like a cooked carrot, that this would be better than a cooked carrot. This would be better than a cooked so. carrot. I do think so. Like I like this consistency better than what I'd imagine my nightmare of a cooked carrot would be. But I don't know. Wow. But did you say you think it would be better with a dip? I do. Yeah. I think it needs oh. something. Oh, well, how interesting. Huh. Remember you saying something about not having eaten eggplant? I wish I didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> right about now. Oh, no. That is a dollop 
of baba ganoush. What is in that? Baba ganoush is roasted eggplant. That's then combined with olive oil, um, lemon juice. Okay. Sometimes maybe some tahini, just depending. No fish oil? No fish oil. (laughs) No. (laughs) There's a little bit of parsley on there to finish. I see the green. Okay. So if you were to dip the carrot into the baba ganoush, that's what we in the culinary world call a twofer. Now, this is like what eggplant, to me, wants to be. Kind of creamy, very cooked, very luscious in texture. Okay. What I love about this baba ganoush is it tastes like eggplant. Eggplant's very hard to describe. Sonia, you got anything for us? (laughs) The only word I can think of is squishy. (laughs) Which is not really what I associate with eggplant. It can be a little sweet, but it takes on, it's like a sponge. It takes on the flavor of whatever you cook it in. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is good because then if you know you like red sauce, you can make an eggplant parm, you know, and it's going to take it on. If you know you like Thai flavors, you could you could cook it like that. Ask I actually you. like this. Like, I think it's, good. it's a lot of, it feels garlicky. I don't know if there is yeah. garlic in there, but maybe I'm associating some taste in there to garlic because that's the only thing I can name. But I really like the garlicky aspect of it. Um, and I feel like it's like in the hummus family. Maybe I think of that because like often you would order those two mm-hmm. simultaneously. Do people eat this on its own or is it usually a dip usually or a spread? A dip. Or like yeah, a... dip or a spread. Okay, that was great. And I will say Ooh. it's wild how much better the carrot is once you right. dip it in because before the carrot tasted like nothing and like, now the carrot tastes like crunchy baba ganoush. Totally. Did you guys know that or am I the first person to think that? <laughs> Is this a hot take? I love this for you. Yeah, this is great. (laughs) You're flying now. Yeah, no, exactly. Like the neutrality of the carrot with that sweet undertone finds like a very kind of like willing partner in the eggplant, which is also kind of like mild and sweet, but with a phenomenally different texture here. And that's also kind of padded out with like brightness in the form of lemon, you know, oil, added fat, fat from the mayonnaise, et cetera. It feels like the carrot is just like the vehicle here, you know? You see how they can kind of work together, something kind of like neutral and crunchy. All right. Have you tried celery on its own? For some reason, celery feels more inviting than a carrot. Like, I feel like I'm down to try. To me, like a carrot wants to be your buddy and celery's like, you're the weird one. No, I feel like celery, like it, I may have tried it in the past and it's like kind of watery, right? Like, isn't mm-hmm. it like stringy and that feels fine? Watery and stringy feels fine. Yeah, but, but carrot, carrot feels wrong. Mm, I know where I've had celery. <laughs> <laughs> Egg salad and chicken salad mm-hmm. has celery in it, right? Mm-hmm. This is a flavor I recognize. Yes. Celery. celery has such a specific, crazy strong flavor. It's like very piercing. Like, you can have it with the baba ganoush, yeah, but it would it. almost overwhelm it. I like that better. Like, I think the celery with the baba ganoush is better. Yeah. Maybe it's just like I have a carrot vendetta for some reason. You know, <laughs> like, I think it might be emotional. But, um, yeah, celery feels like something I could add to, like, a crudite and eat. Raw onion. What do you think? You up for it? I'm up for it. I don't think I've ever had a raw onion. I've maybe like accidentally eaten a raw onion in a salad on accident. So when you take just the tiniest nibble. It smells like an onion. I've cooked with onions because, again, I've like chopped them up and mixed them with garlic and then made them like so, so, so small that you can't taste them. Mm -hmm. Because I like the 
essence. Like I like the vibe of an onion, but I don't necessarily like the crunch of an onion. Okay. You're definitely going to get the crunch here. <laughs> it's going to taste almost like a little bit hot, like almost a little bit like spicy. Because like ultimately, like when you eat a chive. Hate that. You hate that. Hate that. <laughs> really? Okay. That's no chive. I feel like a chive is kinder. <laughs> that is no chive. I'm so glad I've been avoiding them this whole time. Thank God. But they are so different when cooked. You lose the bite. You lose the crunch. So don't let this turn you off of cooked onions. And underneath there, there's a lot of sweetness. Even like especially like red onions, loads of sweetness. I have a question. What's an onion ring when people order them? Like with like an app trio, like, you know, fries, chicken fingers, onion rings. What is that? App trio. You know, you've never been to like, you know, Cheesecake Factory? Oh, we're familiar. <laughs> oh, we know. Yeah, we're excited. <laughs> That's like a white onion, like a big yeah. ring of white onion. It's like white, fried, fairly mild fried. onion. And then you said you like smoked salmon. Yeah, yeah like lox, yes. Yeah. What about cooked salmon? I've had, okay, so here's my salmon stats. I've had lox, like on a bagel with cream cheese. Okay. I've had raw salmon with avocado, like in a sushi roll. Mm -hmm. And I've seen other people eat salmon at work dinners and I've always been jealous of that order because I feel like it feels more professional than like the chicken. Cooked salmon. How long has that been sitting there? (laughs) Oh, I cooked it. First of all, I cooked this myself. You cooked this? Is this just like a... It's plain salmon, or did you put anything on it? I just put salt. I'm a little nervous about this. You don't have to eat the whole thing. I definitely want to try it. It looks like layers like a brisket, like that would be able to pull off. That's the flakiness we were talking about. I thought that was a cod signature. That's every fish. So fish is like, it's muscle, okay? It's like, you know, flesh that has layers of collagen in between it, Mm -hmm. which causes those striations. And as you cook the fish, those layers of collagen soften. And so like a skewer that, you know, wouldn't want to pass easily through raw fish because it would meet resistance at every single band of collagen. Mm -hmm. Cooked fish would just slide right through because of the way that it would soften. So most fish are made up of some amount of that sort of structure. Um, But yeah, this is just with salt. Okay. Okay. Am I crazy or does it taste like chicken? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's like honestly I feel like it's it's surprisingly mild yeah let me try a middle like a middle piece I yeah. feel like the top was like crunchy so maybe that was what threw me off alright that bite was a little bit more fishy sorry I'm just like feeding you by hand now I see that what you putting on there so that's just a little bit of dill and some flaky salt okay update <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like the same as before but with more flavor Mm-hmm. Shocking. <laughs> the dill kind of cuts through, right? Like brings a kind of like grassy vegetal thing that hopefully just sort of, you know, kind of balances some of that inherent, you know, like kind of fishy oiliness. Yeah, this is great. Like I actually really like this. I'm surprised. I think like I'm curious if I've been building up those taste buds with the lox and with the raw salmon that like this tastes okay. I think I've always been worried about like something tasting fishy for mm. some reason. There is some yeah. like stigma against that in my head. I also think the more you bring acidity, right, like lemon, you know, like lime, the more you bring like a fresh herb, the more you're even going to balance that tendency of fish to, you know, kind of read as being fishy. And maybe, you know, ultimately you'll come to appreciate it for the balance that it kind of holds those other ingredients in. Okay. Yeah, that was great. 
amazing. I'm shocked that I love that. Well, Maddie, you've been such a good sport about this. This is honestly like really fun to kind of like understand more about, you know, your kind of your inherent likes and dislikes versus the things you simply haven't tried yet. Mm -hmm. And I think like that's what it's all about. Just like widening that circle of things that feel familiar to you so Mm -hmm. that you have fewer of those moments where something's just like, I don't know what that is or what it's going to taste like. Yeah, I think it's like a building situation where like once this feels okay, then I'm sure there's another fish or another vegetable or another dip that might feel okay once this is okay. Well, I thought this was going to be way harder for you. Yeah, me too, honestly. Honestly, like <laughs> next time I will bring harder foods to No, love. that's okay. We'll do like, you know, Blanquette DeVoe and maybe some off cuts. I don't know. There you go, making up words again. Somebody yeah. fact check this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this bonus episode of Dinner SOS. Thanks to Sonia Chopra, my co-host, and of course, to Maddie for her culinary bravery. Check out her full episode, Picky Eater Therapy, from a few weeks back. We'll be back starting next week with mailbag episodes and more of your dinner conundrums. Thanks for listening. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. From PR.